Man cannot stand a meaningless life. We need more understanding of human nature because the only real danger that exists is man himself. He is the great danger and we are pitifully unaware of it. We know nothing of man, far too little. His psyche should be studied because we are the origin of all coming evil. You are an explorer, and you represent our species. The greatest good you can do is bring back a new idea, because our world is endangered by the absence of good ideas. Our world is in crisis because of the absence of consciousness. Welcome to a new episode of So You Want to Be an Artist, the only podcast that's for the artists, by the artists. Whenever I get inspired, it used to be each and every week, and now it's fleeting, but as hopefully as helpful as ever. Uh, The previous quote was by a man called Terence McKenna. And something that we love to do here at So You Want to Be an Artist is explore new ways to uh, generate ideas or explore new ways to tap into whatever well or or reservoir these good ideas come from or or, or all of this creativity comes from. Um, and essentially where this consciousness comes from. And one thing that I've been thinking of recently and one thing that um, I've been enjoying doing myself is reprogramming the way that I think about certain things. So that could be uh, reprogramming the way I think about uh, words and and their connotations and their definitions also and what they mean. Um, reprogramming the way I look at situations, uh, um, kind of a Carl Jung-inspired way of, first of all, understanding the first layer, which is the layer that I accompany, and then peeling that layer back to then observing something from somewhere outside of myself um, to fully understand it a little bit better. And then the third layer is putting myself back in with this new perspective and seeing what I can change and influence. Uh, these are all things that we'll I'll, I'll go a bit deeper into as I continue to talk. Um, reprogramming my purpose and what I believe my purpose to be um, reprogramming the way I think about that and, and the, the why I, I do it and, and not just the how and the what I'm doing, it's the why I'm doing it. Um, so basically, let's just get into all of that and, and why it's important to reprogram. For however many years you've been alive, uh, until you reach a certain level of care, to step back and be like, okay, I've realized that I'm an independent body in this world, but I'm made up of everything else. Let me start kind of processing this a little bit better. And how can I start making my life maybe a little bit more conscious or maybe a little bit more aware or maybe just a little bit more alive? So the the thing you have must identify straight away is that for the period of your life before 
your awakening, like a conscious awakening or a creative awakening where you realize that you actually have some self-worth. That whole period of life before that, you have been conditioned by your by your environment, um, by your parents, how they deal with things or maybe how they didn't deal with things, by your school, the things that they taught you and the values that they instilled in you as a young child, uh, your governments and and the class that they put you in, and and also your race as well, the things that happen to the people in your race, or the way that society portrays your race, or handles your race, uh, gender also, all of these things, all of these things that seem defining, uh, and that are defining up to a certain point, they program you to kind of react to situations in a certain way, they program you to think a certain thing when you hear a certain word, for instance. And that's the first thing that we'll tackle. So the first thing that I want to talk about is changing your language and the connotations of a word. And I'm going to use examples that I have um, kind of learned from so that it I can understand it well enough, basically, and so I can describe it to you. So the first word for me that I had to tackle that, that you used to really hurt me uh, was rejection. The idea of rejection is something that would paralyze me. Um, I, would be f I would be paralyzed by the fear of rejection, too scared to ever really put myself out there or to fall backwards in with fear that no one would ever catch me. Um, or a rejection that I would put myself out there and someone would say that I'm not good enough. So rejection for me, and I'm guessing for most people, is a very negative word. And this is something that used to uh, cut very deep because I've been rejected a lot in my life. And it's something that had a lot of power over me. So I got to a point, a breaking point where I'm like, I need to take power over, over this word. So I need to change its shape, essentially. So now I have to think about rejection as the thing that fuels the universe. Cosmically speaking, the universe apparently or could have started from a big bang where all matter was condensed into a space that was so tight that ultimately it got rejected and everything got rejected and scattered and, and across the universe to make the universe. So that's... if. That idea doesn't prove to you that the idea of rejection can create worlds. Then we can take it a little bit further. As human beings, well, as as um, as Neanderthals or as cavemen or whatever, as the first step of uh, human evolution, we crawled out of the ocean to become humans from wherever we were before. I'm not smart enough to know all the words and all the terminology and all of that stuff. That's stuff you can research. But we decided to reject the ocean as human beings or what was the building blocks of human beings. We decided to reject the ocean and crawl out. And then it got to a point where nature started to reject us. And we had to invent things like fire. And we had to invent things like shelter. And we had to invent things like l love, really and truly, and, and, and uh, community, 
because there was safety in numbers and it was easier to survive in a pack against the world than it was to uh, exist by yourself. So then that just also gives you another way to look at rejection as something that actually fuels survival. It's the thing that makes you want to create something that keeps you going or that keeps you alive. So the word rejection doesn't become or is no longer a negative word. The word rejection is positive because it's actually the the flint or the spark that you need to light a fire that helps you see the way to something better. The rejection in my life that I had faced, whether that's from uh, parents or lovers or uh, audiences, these rejections made me think, all right, cool. Well, if these people are rejecting me, it's because maybe they don't see something that's valuable. So how can I better believe in what I'm doing to help translate that worth to other people. So that's when you start getting into like real deep self-belief vibes, uh, getting into like real deep worth, like self-worth and really understanding what it is that makes you feel like you can stand up in front of a group of people and, and still believe that actually you have something of value, that you have, you have, coins inside of you that you have gold inside of you so it's that 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 look at rejection reprogramming that word of rejection and actually using it as a positive and being like rejection fuels the world we've been rejected by nature we've been rejected by love we've been rejected by the stars everything we've been rejected by it, it all and that is the single thing that keeps us going and then we look at the word success and we 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 probably should all reprogram the way we think when we hear the word success because success in the West anyway, uh, to the majority, success means monetary worth. It means success means you live comfortably, you, you have money, you own things, everybody loves you, um, you're comfortable and you live a life of extreme safety and there's no way that you could ever fuck it all up. <laughs> that's that's success. Success to most people is removing the possibility of ever making a mistake. But if we reprogram success to actually think, you know what, maybe success is happiness. Maybe success is love. Maybe success is waking up next to someone that you love every day, whether that's in the gutter or whether that's in a mansion. What if we look at success as inner peace or as confidence in what you're doing? I'm successful because I believe what I'm doing is good for the world or is good for people, or is good for people outside of myself. If we redefine the definition of success, then the moves and the actions that we make will start to become more conscious because you understand why you're doing it. People who work for money and all of that shit and people who work for fame and all of that stuff, they don't really know why they're doing it. Because if they did know why they were doing it, they would realize that they were trying to fill a hole inside of themselves that could be replaced with self-worth or the love of another person because that type of success the material version of success only really exists to, to fill a void to heal a wound uh, or to, to bandage a wound it doesn't necessarily heal it um, 
So let's look at the way we view success. What is actually going to make you feel successful like you've achieved something? And that can come from something small like finishing a project or it can come from something big like having the world hear your project or it can come from something small as changing someone close to you's life or it can be as big as changing everybody in the world's life. But to me, the true... The true... um, Verometer of success is the to me is the amount of people whose lives you affect in a positive way who the amount of people success to me is the amount of people you can affect like some people might want a million pounds in the bank or whatever but I want a million people in the world who can talk to a friend and be like you know what that person did something that helped me realize that there's something more out there for us. There's something bigger out here for us. It's bigger than what they tell it, tell us that it is. It's bigger than, than we see on the screens and it's bigger than we read in these books. It's bigger than they say in the church and it's bigger than they sing in the songs. There's something out there much higher and I must understand what that is. To me, that's success, and but that's just me and I'm a very, hopefully a very unique person but also a person of people. So hopefully there is that inside of you as well. And then that goes on to the next word or letter or thing that we should probably reprogram our brains. And that is I or you. Once we stop looking at I or you as an individual and start looking at I or you as we or us, that's a great re a great piece of reprogramming to do because what that helps you to do is actually take yourself out of most situations instead of when you're in a situation that you should learn from like okay this has happened to me uh blah 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 etc etc uh let me try to think of an example um um i can't think of an example which is bad i apologize but if you can take yourself out of a situation and look at it from above and look at yourself as not yourself, but as everybody else, as any man or woman on the street, if you can look at yourself in that way, then you've reprogrammed your brain to actually act selflessly. And then when you can act selfless for yourself, you can begin to act selfless for other people. It's that notion of I or of you that that those words or letters, they actually represent one thing instead of representing everything. I represents you also. So when I talk about I did this or I reprogram, I'm, I'm really talking about, you know, everybody. And when I say you, I don't just speak to the person who's listening to this. I speak further than that. I speak to you as a whole world of people, a whole world of of different textures and colors and tastes and smells and all of that stuff it's reprogramming that i and you to actually be something greater and 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 look at it from a godlike perspective um it's a lot of pressure i mean that's probably something else that needs reprogramming but that's another episode in itself but that is if you can look at it from a godlike perspective of like okay i represents us all we are all one and you are all the same. So if we can reprogram that 
and help us get outside of ourselves to look at our situations that we face from a higher perspective, one that isn't wrapped up in yourself and it doesn't go through the filter of all that you know, the very limited information that you know about life. If we can take it out of that filtering process and kind of just chuck it into the cosmic slop of everything, then it might help you to look at your shit a little better uh, or a little freer, should I say. You, It may free yourself up to look at your situation. Um, you put your pride and your ego aside and you just look at it like a bird from the sky or whatever you want to look at it from. But you just have to learn how to take yourself out of the situation because more time, it's not about you. Life isn't about you. It's about us all. And it's about how we coexist and it's about how we share ideas and we share information. And it's about how we inspire each other to help each other get out of situations that we have been placed in and be and are conditioned to be trapped in. So once we start to reprogram, those three things are a great thing to start reprogramming. And once we start to reprogram them, we can start looking at shit brand new. And it's a great feeling to be able to look at something for the first time again from a new perspective. I'm just going to grab my charger. Yeah, baby, we rolling. All right, back in. Uh, where was I? All right, now the next thing I'd love to talk about is ask yourself, why? As an artist, what is your job? As a human being, what is your job here on earth? Is it to satisfy yourself? Is it to fulfill your own needs? Is it to pass the time? Is it to distract yourself? Take it a little bit further than that. Why do you want to serve yourself? Why do you want to distract yourself? Why do you want to empower yourself? What's the next layer beyond that? What's the next layer beyond yourself? And this is a recurring theme through this episode is what is beyond yourself that can actually help you more than you realize? Um... So a good thing to to ask is, what is my job? Uh, this came up in a conversation about with a friend who was a chef who wasn't enjoying his job at the time. And I said to him, what is your job? And he replied, well, you know, I go to work and I cook food and I plate it up and, you know, I manage the kitchen and I prep all of that stuff. And one thing that I realized is there was a lot of him in 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 that definition of his job. There was a lot of like, it was very self-indulgent uh, and it was it was very selfish. It was a very selfish way to look at his job. So as like a, as like a, I don't really know what to call it. Just a, putting all of this stuff into practice, I said to him, well, maybe if you start to think of your job as actually what it is, you are a servant for the customers who come in. Every single plate that you plate up you are then taking out to a table to people who this might be their only night out for a month. They might not be able to afford to eat out every night and this might be their one treat. 
or these people are treating themselves. They've decided, let's have a night out. Let's actually enjoy ourselves. And whether that's come from, we love life, let's just experience as much as possible. Or, you know what, I feel a bit down. Let's go out, maybe change our surroundings and go have a nice meal. So I said to him, why don't you start thinking about that as every plate that you serve, you're actually giving happiness to a person because they've come into your restaurant tonight for a good time. And as a human being, you know that you want a good time most of the time because you don't want to feel sad anymore. You don't want to feel bad anymore. You don't want to feel like there's nothing to enjoy anymore. So you go out and you eat some food and you have an experience. Like it's bigger than just the specifics and the eyes and stuff. And 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 I said to him, if you if you start to look at it like that, maybe you'll enjoy your job a little bit more. And then we start to think about that as artists. What is your job? Is your your job is to sing songs, is just to write songs, is just to paint pictures, is to make films, is to write articles? Or if if you say, you know, if, if you're a musician, what's your job? Oh, you know, I wake up and I write music and, and, and I perform it and make the art. And stuff. Okay, that's great. That's, that's all fantastic. But what's the next layer of that? What is your real job outside of yourself? If you're, if you're drawing from this pool of creativity... And you're keeping it for yourself just so you can make music and all of that stuff. That's also very selfish. And that's actually very, uh, it's a very capitalist mindset to find this reservoir of creativity and then just to keep it for yourself. It's very selfish. So f- as an artist, you you got to think, what's outside of myself? What is the point? What is the purpose here? What am I actually trying to do? What's my job? And it's to hopefully to inspire people to let them know that they are not alone, to let them know that there is hope, to let them know that there is, again, something higher than you. There is something that cares for you, that's behind you, that's higher than you. And it can't present itself to us in a physical form. So you as an artist, you must be that physical form. You must be the embodiment of whatever it is you believe that there is higher whether that's God or whether that's stars or whether that's universe or energies or crystals or whatever, uh, whatever fucking label you want to put on it, start to become the physical embodiment of that. If you have a crystal in your hand or whatever the fuck you super spiritual people do, (laughs) if you hold a crystal in your hand, you have to be the physical embodiment of that. You have to be a physical embodiment of God and you have to understand that it ain't about you. And it's about us and how we communally navigate this cosmic slop that we've been placed amongst. Um, Nietzsche said once, he who has a why to live can bear almost any how. And that's basically a very philosophical and poetic and romantic way to summarize all that we've spoken about in this episode. If you have your why, and if you have that locked in, Suddenly everything becomes to flow to you easier because you're out of the way and you no longer are blocked by the pressure of having to create something good or having to create something impactful or something or having to create something that you even like. Because again, it isn't about you. It's about what the people need. Your job as an artist is to provide what humanity needs and history needs and the future needs. So 
reprogramming the mind and reprogramming the creative process to withdraw yourself or your idea of yourself to it. That's a great way to think of it as well as an artist is on a journey of self to better understand themselves and their emotions. So isn't there isn't a better way to understand that than to step outside of that and look at it from a completely objective perspective. And if you can learn to do that, you'll be among the greats. That's an absolute certainty. And that's the end of this episode. This actually ending, I've had to add this ending in because for some reason... It didn't export last time and I've had to do it again. And there is some gems that I've missed out. But, you know, I'm going to have to buy a hard drive and sort my life out. It was a lesson I needed to learn. The next episode I'm going to do is actually called Learn to Identify Your Lessons. Um, just some exercises and some shit, basically, to help you better identify lessons in everything. The lessons in everything that happens, even when nothing happens. So lock into that subscribe follow please share this whole thing really trying to start a revolution like a romantic revolution um, a movement essentially to to combat the bullshit that floats around the internet the the selfish narcissistic very fearful content that outrages a lot of people this is hopefully content to do the opposite and to empower you and fill you with hope. So if you feel like that job has been done, then please share it, subscribe, follow, lock in, check the previous episodes, tell your mama, tell your papa, and that's it. Done. Love you. Bye.